You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, wow. I just hit myself in the face doing that. Welcome to Oddball. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm Amino Hassan. That's Charlotte Wilder right there. Coming up on the show today, second half of our conversation with Isaiah Thomas, one of Charlotte's favorite former Celtics, comes on the show. He's got stories. He's got insights. You don't want to miss it. Also, uh, it's a segment we like to call... Hype me up. Decidedly less hype than usual there, but I'm going to let it slide. Uh, But first, Charlotte, one of the stories from earlier this week, we kind of covered a little bit on headlines on Tuesday... But we didn't really get into the nitty-gritty. Giannis Antetokounmpo's interview with Tanya Ganguly of the New York Times in which he kind of issued an ultimatum for the Milwaukee Bucks saying, I'm not going to sign an extension if I don't feel like we're all doing what we need to be doing. I'm paraphrasing. He said he's not going to sign until next year. Mm-hmm. He said it doesn't make sense for him to sign now. Is that true regardless of whether he feels that Milwaukee is competing for a championship? I guess the machinations of how contracts work, sometimes I'm like, I don't fully understand what's best for the player here. So what's what's going to be in Giannis's best interest overall? Okay, so there's two conversations happening. One is his basketball success legacy building conversation one is a financial conversation so let me start with the financial conversation because that's a lot more cut and dry he's eligible to sign a three-year extension in about 30 days he'll hit the mark where he's eligible to sign that extension uh the number is north of 170 million dollars over three years it's a lot of money obviously and so the question is if Giannis were to sign this three-year extension which would tack on to the end of his deal versus playing out his contract and signing a new three-year deal with a different team. What is that financial difference? And the reality is because the max is based on a percentage of the cap and the cap keeps rising, we're talking about probably about a 12 to $15 million difference over the total lifespan of of the three years of signing that extension now versus waiting to the end of his contract and signing a new deal with a new team with smaller raises. It's not that big of a gap in the money. And as a result, for Giannis, it's like, okay, it's more money to stay, but is it enough money 
to say unequivocally I'm going to stay, particularly for someone who at this point has made a lot of money already. So that's the financial side of it. The basketball side is the interesting part. Because basically what in, in essence he's saying is, why would I lock in now at, without any assurances that we're doing everything it takes to be a championship caliber club? This is a guy who obviously uh, had a devastating loss in 2019, being up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals and then losing four straight games to the Raptors, who ended up winning. Uh, they lost in the first round to the Heat in 2020. They, uh, 2021, obviously, they won the championship, but they had some close calls around along the way. And then 2022, they lose to the Celtics in the second round, albeit injury-laden. And then this last season, 2023, they lose to the Heat in the first round as a number one seed. So he's had, even that championship year has been sandwiched with a lot of kind of underachieving. If you're Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have to feel the desperation of, look, are we doing everything to make this team unequivocally a championship favorite, right? Not just a contender, but a favorite. And when you look at that Bucks roster and say, what did you guys do in the offseason? And the answer is, well, we added Robin Lopez and Malik Beasley. Like, that doesn't feel like we're pushing so, all of our chips to the middle of the table. So is this a leverage play for Giannis? Yes and no. Like, it's a leverage play in, in terms of a very— In that, like, if you don't sign guys for me, I'm not sticking around. If you don't continue to invest everything it takes to make this team championship caliber, I'm not sticking around. With regards to Damian Lillard, the idea of— Hey, my superstar is upset and wants some help. He'll be fine. He's a pro. He's a nice guy. He's loved in the community. He treats everybody with respect. He wouldn't leave us. He's just a little mad. He's just, you know, shaking the cage a little bit. He, like, they make these excuses. But the reality is, these guys are intense competitors. And, and when you talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez... Chris Middleton, these guys are all good players, right? Their career ends today. They walk around and you know what people call them, Charlotte? What? Champion. That guy's a champ. He won a championship. And they'll never have to buy a drink in Milwaukee and everyone will love them. But for Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the top 75 players of all time, you know what they say if his career ended today? What do they say? You just won one? That's it? Oh, go sit at the kids' table over there. You want to be mentioned with Magic and Steph and LeBron and Kobe and Shaq and Michael with one ring? Get out of here, bum. That's his reality. He carries an incredible burden of excellence where winning one isn't enough and winning two isn't enough. And whatever you got, X, X plus one is always the next goal. And so if everyone around him gets the feeling, well, Giannis isn't going anywhere. We're going to keep winning 50 games. Everyone's going to be happy. And all of us are going to go home after this is all done, patting ourselves on the back. Giannis has to be like, wait a second. Like, I don't have that luxury because my career is finite. And it will be defined by how many of these I win. And so and you, say, you say this to tell the organization unequivocally, don't get don't uh, rest on your laurels or take it for granted that I'll always be here. Right, because he's doing what Dame didn't do, which yep. was like put his foot down and do it publicly mm-hmm. so that they can't keep saying, well, but Dame's loyal, he's nice. Yep. Okay, 
So, so do you think the Bucks are going to listen? Like, how regularly also are these conversations happening? Like, checking in, being like, Giannis, you good? And and if not, is this the only way to make that really clear? Yeah, well, I mean, it, when you have a superstar, you're, you're checking in regularly, whether it's the coach or the general manager or even the owner. Right. If, if you're not hearing from at least one of those people once a week, then there's a big issue there. But in terms of... What can they actually do? And this is the interesting part. Not a whole lot. The, the Bucks traded a lot of picks to get Drew Holiday in there, right? So they don't have a lot of picks. They don't have, uh, they're hopelessly over the tax. So they don't have a lot of breathing room in that regard. All they have really available to them is the minimum, which is what they signed Malik Beasley and what they signed Robin Lopez, who's minimum deals. And when you talk about tradable assets, Chris Middleton is older, Drew Holiday is older, Brooke Lopez is older. So it's like, those aren't exactly young prospects that get people out of their, their chairs. It's not, you know, by way of example, Miami, a team that people say, oh, they don't have a lot of great prospects. Milwaukee doesn't have a Tyler Hero that they can right. say, oh, we, this guy is going places. So without tradable assets like picks or young players, without salary cap flexibility, there really isn't a lot. And that's what the collective bargaining agreement was designed to do is like, you want to spend that much money? All right. But like, you better be in love with your team. And so yeah. there's a part of this where I'm like, unless the Bucks just don't have any bumps in the road, inevitably, I think this thing is going to go to a place where they're going to have to start seriously considering trading Giannis before his contract is out. Not saying this year or this month or this offseason or whatever, but at some point when it becomes apparent, we're not getting better. Our guys are getting older around Giannis and we don't have the wherewithal to add meaningful meaningful supporting talent, then the logical thing is to explore trading him and saying, you know what, got to know when to hold him and when to fold him. Where would you want to see him go? Hello? 601 Biscayne Boulevard, baby. Let's get Dame. Let's get Giannis. Let's get Embiid. Let's get them all down here. It's going to be a ball. That's my answer for all of these. That's what I love. <laughs> my answer for all of these. And it's, I'm not even a Heat fan. I don't give a shit. But I like the idea that, oh, I could just cross the street. I'll see Giannis and, and Embiid and all the Dame, all these guys all the time. That's right. Our studio's across the street. That's all I care about. Travel time. Oddball. All right. Oddball. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, Charlotte, you know what time it is? I sure do. I mean, it's time for Hype Me Up. Look at her grin. I did take a really deep breath before I do that. Yeah. Hype me up. This is a game where we read a name, a statement, and a speculative statement. And the other person has to do their best to be the the greatest cheerleader for each one of these things. All right, Charlotte, are you ready? Yes, I usually end up just negging everybody, but we'll see how I do. LaMelo Ball is your name, Charlotte. LaMelo Ball. Got to hype him up. Oh, yeah. This one's pretty easy. You are doing so much better after your injury. You had a season-ending injury, and you are back. You're young. You're healthy. You're just going to keep getting better and better. You are one of the best young players in the league. I think you had stats in your first year in Charlotte that only Luka Doncic has matched. So the world is your oyster. You've got Brandon Miller now. You've got all this young talent, and Michael Jordan sold you guys so Maybe you'll do better than you did under him. The world is your oyster. LaBello, <laughs> you are, you, the, you're a rising star. Heavy on the oysters and what a dismount. You, did I say uh, that yeah, twice? You turned into Borat there. I had something in my throat. Did I say the world is your oyster twice? You said it several times. Lots of oysters. Huh. It's like a McCormick well. and Schmicks in here. Hey. Is the season. Uh, all right. I mean, are you ready? Yeah. Yes, I'm ready. Clay Thompson. Oh, come on, baby. Clay, you went on Paul George's podcast and you said, hey, man, like I was just in my feelings when I was talking trash to Devin Booker and holding up the rings and stuff. I'm a chill dude. Everyone loves you. Everyone loves Clay Thompson. There isn't a person on earth or an NBA fan, I should say, on Earth, who says Clay Thompson's whack or the guy's trash or whatever. Everyone loves him. You got a great 
easygoing personality. You are a four-time champion. Maybe you could win a fifth. Who knows? And you're going to the Hall of Fame. And also, your father is a delightful human being, Michael Thompson. Everyone loves your dad. He's funny. He's uh, insightful. He's got all these sayings. I know you're tired of him. You think he's corny. But hey, man, we love your dad too, Clay. We love you too. Shout out to the entire Thompson family. Uh, his dad's Twitter feed or X feed, as we are now calling it, um, is great. Also, you started that real baby Billy. I mean, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the statement, Charlotte, is the Timberwolves have to wear those newly unveiled NBA City Edition uniforms. Uh, we got those on the screen right there. Oh, look, look at those. So, Charlotte, oh, you have boy. to hype them up because they got to wear these jerseys. <laughs> okay. Um, look, T-Wolves, a lot of people have been <laughs> roasting you for the fact that you have to wear these, but I think that while they may not be the most visually uh, beautiful, they do look a lot like the backgrounds of those school pictures you would take in the 90s, and to me, that was the height of art in america and i think that if you have someone if you stand behind one of your teammates and they stand in front of like kneel down stand in front of your chest and someone takes a picture of it it'll look like the school background and i think that's way cooler because nobody else in the nba can do that so this is actually these are amazing and you are gonna look so good charlotte sounds like trying to introduce a friend to another friend like to date and the one friend isn't attractive at all, but she's trying to hype up. Like, no, like, great personality. Really, really sweet, fun, lovely guy. Uh, last one for you. Daryl Morey. You got to hype up Daryl Morey when he does the exit interview for James Harden. So you're hyping up Daryl. I'm yeah, hyping Daryl. Yep, oh, yep. oh, this is great. Okay. Um, <laughs> Daryl. If anyone has proven to be able to go head-to-head -head with James Harden's stubbornness, it is you. We talked about this earlier on a different episode of Audible. Vet, Daryl, I am sure you watch. This is, you are engaged in a game of chicken. And a lot of people might be scared or nervous when that other person comes in and sits down. Also, I guess if you're doing an interview, this maybe means you lost and you swerved first. But um, let's just pretend it didn't. And... You were made of you were made of iron. You were made of steel. Nothing can. Uh, God, this is going off the rails. No. Um, you're made of iron. You're made. You've of known steel. this guy for a long time. You know where his weak spots are. If you're still trying to fight each other or whatever it is that you're doing, I'm sure you can find a way to just really make yourself feel better and make him feel worse. Daryl, I think you're going to win this interview. I'm thinking of it as a very combative situation, not as like a professional workplace environment, because I feel like that's not what you've got going in Philly. So, Daryl, you're going to come out on top. Okay. That, that, okay. I don't that even was, know what I just that's said. That's one way I've to hype out. someone up. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's your last one. Um, you have to hype up James Harden when Daryl Morey does the exit interview. Yo, switcheroo. I see what you guys are doing there. Okay. Here we go. Woohoo! We are out of here. Peace out. Hey, suck it, Daryl. You can have the franchise and.
city. Have as many cheesesteaks as you want, buddy. Oh, by the way, can't wait to see Joel and B get traded in like 18 months down to Miami. <laughs> I'm going to LA. 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 That's what you should say, James. Pay no attention that I'm not wearing the same clothes I was wearing during Hype Me Up or I'm not standing in the same spot. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you, coming up next, part two of our conversation with Isaiah Thomas. Me, Charlotte, Isaiah Thomas, we had a ball. Take a listen. Isaiah, you know, you talk about that getting traded, obviously what you went through with your injury, what you went through with the passing of your sister, and that's incredibly difficult time. But I'm wondering, outside of that year in Boston and then Cleveland after that, outside of any physical stuff that you had, what was the most frustrating time in your career as a player where you felt like, man, I'm just not getting the respect or the opportunity that I deserve? I mean, I think my first four years in the league, like my first four, obviously my first few years, I got to prove that, you know, I belong in the league. So I understand like fighting for my opportunity, but at the end of my rookie year, the last five, 30 games of my rookie year, I was starting. So I started my last 30 games of my rookie year. I showcased that I can start and, and play at a high level. Going into my second year, the Sacramento Kings brought another guard in, Aaron Brooks, which mm. was a, a mentor of mine, somebody that grew up in my backyard and I looked up to. And I had beat out for the starting job my second year. Going into my third year, they traded for Grievous Vasquez which was a bigger guard. Mm -hmm. And it was every year, it was just always something. Like, it was like, oh, we need a bigger guard to win. We need this. Beat him out. They end up trading him. I started that year, average 20 points a game, six assists. I'll end up going to the Phoenix Suns that summer, not knowing that, you know, I would be in the backcourt of Eric Bledsoe and, and Dragic. Um, I end up, I mean, to the outside looking in, I kind of end up outplaying those two guys that season. Um and I wasn't really giving, getting my just due, but I fell into the role of being a you know sixth, seventh man and doing what was best for the team. Then I get traded to Boston where Boston needed me and I needed them. They gave me the we opportunity. Did. We did. You already know. They gave me the opportunity to showcase who I was and who I'm capable of being. And I took that, I took that opportunity and ran with it. And I think at that point in time, the world knew and not to like not sound humble, but the world knew how good I was with every opportunity I got. Once I got that opportunity for playing for, you know, one of the most legendary franchises and doing the same type of things I've done, you know, my previous four years, the world started to take notice. The world started to see, okay, he's not playing no games with giving an opportunity. He's one of the best guards in the world. Then, you know, I think it was my fifth or sixth year where you know, I was able to be an all-star. Then my next year, able to be all-NBA and be in the MVP conversation. I think at that point, the world, I solidified myself to the world of being, I mean, you could say, what, a top 10 player in the world. I was second-team all-NBA. And if I didn't get hurt, it was only going to go up from there. Like, I already figured yeah. the game out individually. My team was the number one seed in the – in the Eastern Conference, so we were a top-seeded team. It wasn't like I was getting numbers on a losing squad. The next year, we got Gordon Hayward. We drafted Jason Tatum. Like, it was all coming together. I promise you we would probably won the finals the next year. Like, that's how good things were. 
And that's how great my game was going in terms of figuring the game out. I was going to be MVP the next year, I promise you. Like, I already figured the game out, already wrote down my goals. Like, everything was going to happen because it was supposed to happen like that. But I think during those years of Boston, the world figured out that I wasn't playing no games and I was able to impact the organization in more ways than just scoring. Like, and, um, you know, things happen and you just move on and you continue to, you know, believe in God and believe that everything happens for a reason. And I always look back and cherish those moments of being in those spaces um, and being on top. You know, it was it was super dope because I always dreamed of those moments and I always worked for those moments. So when those moments came, it was like, you know, I would just smile, put up a smile on my face because I, I already seen those moments happen in my head. And they, they just happened to happen in front of the whole world. And it was just super dope to see it lay out like it did, for sure. Isaiah, before we let you go, I do have one question. I've heard stories about the explanation behind this, but I want to hear it from you, the actual reason why your name is Isaiah Thomas. I'll tell you what I heard. The rumor I heard was that your dad was a huge Laker fan, and he lost a bet when the Pistons beat the Lakers, and as a result of losing that bet, he had to name you Isaiah Thomas after the great Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if that's just a legend that people made up or if that's the real story. So please, once and for all, give us the real story how you ended up with your name. So look, that's what I'm told as well. So my, my, my parents have told me that, but there's two sides to it. My name is spelled different because my mom grew up in church, so she wanted to spell it the biblical way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's there's two sides to the story. My dad is born and raised, my dad's side of the family, born and raised in Inglewood, California. I'm a brainwashed Laker fan, so growing up, I was I was brainwashed to be a Laker fan. Kobe's my favorite player ever. Um, so that was one side to it. And then the other side to where it always has to get out or somebody's going to get in trouble is my mom wanted it spelled the biblical way. So that's the only reason why my name is spelled different. My family calls me Zeke, like the, the older Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas is one of my mentors to this day. So it's super dope to be able to be named after one of the greatest basketball players ever. But it is frustrating at times. Like until I got my name, you know, until I hit the scene of being a household name, it's funny. Like I go to airports, you know, a car is waiting for me or something. They have a sign of Isaiah Thomas. It'll be an older gentleman. He's like looking like, like where's, where's like the, the one time he's like, I'm like, oh, that's me. And he's like, no, I'm waiting for Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, oh, that is me. Like, like, I'm, I'm going back and forth with him because he's thinking it's the older Isaiah Thomas. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I know who you're talking about, but my name is Isaiah Thomas. And I'm sorry that it, it made your energy go down. He was, he was meeting somebody that you probably watched when you were a little younger. So I get, I get those things every now and then. But now since, you know, I was able to hit the top of the, the top in the NBA I don't get those things no more. Like they, they, I think they think of me first, especially the younger generation. Right. They think of me first now. So that's, that's really cool. His name is Isaiah Thomas. Spell it right with the I S A I A H Thomas. Thank you for joining us on Oddball. I appreciate you guys. It's all love. Thank you for the love and support. Yeah. So then I told Zach then like, just go to Japan then, man. Like just go to Japan. He makes it so difficult. Like, we're just trying to get a record schedule down. and It happens. It happens with him when you have hair like that. But, I mean, I almost forgot to ask. 
How was the Marlins game? Oh, it was cool. They lost. Uh, they got. Hey, what's up, GQ? Are you doing a show? Yeah. They. They. Uh. No, we're not. We're not on yet. Um. Good. They. Uh. They lost. You know, the Rays beat up on them, but uh, seats were great. I was uh, like four rows out from behind the third base dugout. Wow. Awesome. That's amazing. How, how'd you get those seats? Uh, game time app. Game time app. Yep. They uh, they hooked it up. It's like. It's really weird. I, I, I explain it to people like this. Like, you ever watch the Oscars and it always looks full, but the reason why, it's not because no one goes to the bathroom. It's because they have seat fillers that they have that they've, you know, hired to come sit down when someone gets up to get a drink or go to, go to the bathroom, whatever. Um, game time, I'm kind of, it's like a, a last-minute version of that, like where instead of sitting down for someone who's left for to go to the bathroom, whatever, it's just an open seat or you know, open a couple of seats and it's in a great section and they're about to go out. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Go in there. I went like maybe 15 minutes before game time. That's amazing, man. Right. That- this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.